your existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Well, hello. That was like really loud in my ear, and now I'm like, feel like I'm talking really quietly. That's all right. <laughs> Sound engineer just apologize. All right. Hey, welcome to Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can find us on Facebook is the best place, Deb Tomorrow Realtor. And I'm here with Karen, who can't quite stop laughing. Well, I can. I'm can doing you? my best. Can you? <laughs> yes. No, you cannot. Karen Russell, who is the best damn lender in the state of Indiana. So she was watching. Do you want to tell everyone why you're laughing? Yes, I will. Um, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, a friend of ours, Brittany Liberate, mm-hmm. who's been on your show, yep. had asked me or had asked if we had watched that trading spaces where the couples did not like their rooms. Right. And this is that revamp. And I haven't really been paying attention. <laughs> and so just today she tagged me in the post and I was at work watching it. It's like a one and a half minute video. Yeah. Of I, the reveal. Of the reveal. And I was just dying, like almost in tears laughing. I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> laughing at these people's pain because no, it they was didn't just get so what bad. they wanted. So then I just shared it with Rachel yeah. right before we went on the air. Basically, the lady said, all hell to the no. <laughs> yeah. I believe. She wanted a Prince-themed room, and their uh, compromise was there was a little matchbox car of a red Corvette. Mm. So if you saw that one. There, the one last week, they didn't. One of them loved the room, and one of them didn't oh. at all. Well, at it least really someone sad. did. Like I think I know. Sorry, gosh. The poor husband was just. I don't know. I think I, I have to go back and watch cared, that because he didn't want the prince room. The <laughs> prince room was all about her. But anyways, yeah, that's been a interesting. Uh, it, it's a little stressful for me to watch. I have to admit, mm-hmm. because you just you hate like. What if they don't like it? Well, you and sign you up see for it, but you know, like, and you're like, they are not gonna like this. So, but anyways, if anybody has any feedback, there's only like two more episodes, and then it's the season finale, in like June second. Like, didn't it just start? They yeah. only did like nine or ten episodes or something. Well, I hope some of them are like what I just watched because I would totally Gosh. like if they picked it back up to like that room for, for a real for a real season. Well, you know, one of the things that is going on with trading spaces is that the rooms are huge. They're doing huge spaces. Usually, it's these you know small, normal sized rooms. Yeah. That was like a huge basement. So when you've got you know the budget and the time constraints, you can't do that much. So she, I don't think they even painted the walls. They just painted like the stencil that was horrid, and they put some sticks that they painted different colors on the wall. It was Stop. awful. Okay, it I'm was trying, awful. I'm a, I, I need to get through your show. It was, it was a Hildy room, it. and it was bad. I was like, and when would you ever think that Hildy would be like, yeah. "Hey, make me a ping pong table"? Doesn't even make sense. But anyways, okay. So this day's just been weird. Can I tell you that before I came over here to do the show? My dog started going insane, like just like someone had pulled in the driveway. We're going batty. And I'm like, what? I look and I don't see a car. There was a giant turtle or something (laughs) prehistoric. I kid you not. It was like, how big is that? That's like a foot and a half. Yeah. Foot and a half around. Giant. Just walking down the driveway. Yeah. So I was like, um, yours, you need to something, right? Oh and so he had like a rake and he was just sort of trying to hurt it. Well, turtles don't like to be herded. No. Uh, and it was snapping. 
at us. Yeah, it was insane. So we finally got it into the woods, but I'm like, isn't it come back? Because remember there was that snake one time and he kept throwing it in the woods and it would come back and he'd throw it in the woods and it'd come back. I'm like, no, we're just saying this is my space and that is your space. So then you died here. You would have died laughing to see me get in the car to get over here because I had visions that was probably underneath my car and was going to bite my ankles. So the door open and I had like a backpack with my computer and you just in dove it. in. Oh, it was first. a total like leap in. I was like, this is ridiculous and then I get here and I find a staple in my hair how does that happen I don't even know if we make it through this show it's gonna be a freaking miracle that's all I have to say so we are talking uh, about home selling which we often do but this is very special series that we're doing so this is part two of our home seller series Uh, we did part one last week and this is going to be a four-part series Um, and so last week we talked about um, picking a realtor We talked about how you should find someone who can talk strategy and not just someone because they're related to you or your hairdresser or something like that. Um, We talked about picking a strategy for your transition. And my four C's, your contingent offer, your confidence offer, where you have faith it's all going to work out, your couch option, which is you sleep on somebody's couch, and the can you hang on? which is sort of a reverse contingency. So if none of those make sense to you, which they probably don't, you should go back and listen to the show. Uh, And then we also talked about pre-listing inspections and about how even in this seller's market that we are in, you really shouldn't get cocky. Um, It's just, it's not smart. Buyers still want homes that are in really good condition. They're still not going to buy dumps. So have you seen more deals fall through? Not just yet, but what I noticed today was the amount of for sale signs, like literally coming over here to your office. Oh, really? I I took a different route because every route I went was... Every road's closed, yeah. But I just noticed, oh my gosh, like every every agent I could ever think of, I've seen their signs out. I mean, I and I don't know if I've ever paid that much attention. Yeah. But it's... It seems like it's insane. I'm not seeing them come up in the MLS, but I mean, they may be things that are just sort of hanging out there. We have a lot of long closings right now. It's kind of interesting if you were to graph it. Um, a lot of people doing 60-day closings, which is you know twice as long as normal because we're trying to get through the end of school year. So a lot of people are putting their houses on the market, typically in our market, um, you know, March is a good busy time. So you want to put your house on the market, but then you don't really want to move until your kids are done with school, which is, I think, next week. Is it next week? I think that our kids have to, well, our school corporation, you have to go to school on Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And then that's it. And I've heard nobody's going. I won't be here. So I, my son better be in school. It's a school day. (laughs) I'm sure his dad will make him go. Tony's a little strict on that. But um, so I think that we've got a little bit of a lull and that maybe there's just a lot of stuff hanging out there as we're waiting for that kind of summer transition. But we typically in Bloomington, Indiana, where we are, um, we typically slow down right about now. So I feel like it's definitely a little bit slower. We're still seeing that shortage of homes that we talked a little bit about last week um, where they're just, you know, I had one. When was I think I talked about it? We had like five offers in one day. It was ridiculous. So um, stuff is still selling, but stuff is still coming up on inspections. I mean, I'm certainly in the middle of several um, complicated inspection responses. So um, you really should think about doing that pre-listing inspection. It's just 
so, so important. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about, or that's what we talked about last week. And we're going to take those episodes and we are going to throw them up on YouTube, hopefully in the next couple of days. Um, so we'll eventually have our 12-step program, as we like to call it, uh, for selling a home uh, up on uh, YouTube so that you can kind of listen to it in 10 or 12 minute segments uh, make that digestible but you know it just the overriding theme and I don't know that I talked about this enough last week um, one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy is just sellers are always trying to rush it and I I don't know if it's because maybe Karen you have an opinion on this it's such a big decision that when you finally go okay I'm gonna sell my house you just want to like get it get it going you know what I'm saying and you want to like put it on the market before I change my mind I don't know. Like I, to me, I think it just maybe that they just want to like maybe they are just done with it. But I think getting your house ready for sale can be overwhelming, and maybe it's true. Maybe that's where a, a lull would come in. But then, you know, I just feel like people, you know, they just want to like they want to rush it. They want to rush the pictures. They want to rush their realtor selection. They don't want to worry about doing a pre-listing inspection. They just want to kind of straighten some stuff up and put it on the market and go from there. And it just boggles my mind I feel like people would take more time cleaning a used car that they want to sell than they would absolutely you know when you look at maybe you sell a used car for five thousand dollars okay now let's sell something that's you know a hundred times right worth that is that math even right on no even it's know. not but I, okay. I get your point a lot but more a lot more yeah you should put a lot more time into getting it ready so that you can maximize everything, even in a seller's market. Um, I know we talked a little bit last week about don't pick a realtor because someone says, well, I can put a sign in the yard right now. Yeah. And I've certainly seen some pictures this week and some listings this week that you're kind of like, really? Like no descriptions, no information, just, you know, incomplete because someone was probably like, get it listed now. I mean, I would hope that if you are able to maybe pick and choose, you know, when you're going to take on a new client, that that might not be how you would want to help that client. So do you know what I mean? So, well, I guess my question is, I don't know if it's coming from the realtor or if it's coming from the seller saying, put it on the market now. It could be both. I mean, I've certainly I mean, felt some the- pressure, but I'm always very clear up front. This is my process and this is how long this part's going to take from right. photographer to, you know, listings. It's going to take a week. It is worth it because, you know, your internet dating match.com pictures for your house are going to be so much better. Right. And you're going to get so much, you know, clear interest out of it. So I, I don't know where it comes from, but pro- probably the same people who don't even look that. Oh, I've seen so many sideways pictures this week. They get actually <laughs> listed like on the MLS like, uh-uh. and they're yeah. still sideways. Oh, still sideways. Stay sideways. I haven't seen Never that. change. Just sideways. This week, anyway. <laughs> Here's Staircase. It's sideways. Oh. And and I just think... What was that artist that had the, the different... MC Escher. MC Escher. Oh, MC Escher. That's what yeah. I would have yeah, thought, too. Kind of, yeah. yeah, a little bit like that. And, um, you know, and I think I told the story last week of uh, I sold the house just recently while it's pending. And the people said, I said, I really think you need to look at this house. I think this could be a good fit for you. And she goes, I don't know, the pictures are just so bad. And I'm like, I've been in it. I haven't even looked at the pictures. I've just been in it. So that's what I'm basing it off Mm -hmm. of. And when I brought them into the house, they're like, oh my gosh, this really isn't as awful as, you know, pictures made it, the sideways pictures made it look. Um, But I don't know, sellers don't scream about it. 
So you got to take accountability for your uh, listing too. I think a lot of sellers sometimes just, you know, follow blindly. And I don't know. I mean, it's a collaborative effort. You're hiring a realtor to do work for you. Um, and it's a collaborative effort and you need to communicate and share your feelings too. So anyways, that's my therapy session for the day. Today we are going to talk about getting your home ready for pictures, uh, so it's kind of staging. Um, we're going to talk about how do you set a price for your home, and then we're going to talk about what happens in showings, because that's the order that you're going in. You pick a realtor, you figure out your transition strategy, you do your pre-listing inspection. Next thing you do is stage your home, get it ready for pictures. Next thing you do is figure out your price, although everybody wants to do price first, um, and then uh, then it's time for showings. So that's the point we're going to get through today. So stick around and we will get to it. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. My Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America is going live from Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. Tune in voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Check out all the fan favorites as we give you an inside look into the latest and greatest in film and television with on-site exclusive celebrity interviews, cosplay, comics, geekdom, and more May 25th and 26th starting at 1 p.m. Join the Voice America executives and Hollywood executives Summer Helene as we broadcast live on location. Check out how Hashtag Voice America, hashtag Behind the Scenes, and hashtag DYIG to follow the latest action on social media. Listen live at voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America CEO Jeff Spinard and VP Ryan Treasure will be live on site at 2 p.m. Friday for a special broadcast of Finding a Frequency Radio. Then join Hollywood bad guys Summer Helene on Behind the Scenes Live at 4 p.m. Tune in, Voice America, the leader in live internet talk radio voiceamerica.com forward slash live events streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are listening to real real estate today 
To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Thanks for coming back. This is Real Real Estate Today. I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. You can find us on Facebook. And I do think we need to start a little show with what we talk about during the breaks. <laughs> I'm not going to make you recount your story. Needless to say, it was a minute 30 of ghosts and goblins and the royal wedding, which was gorgeous. But anyways, we've got to get to it because we have a lot to talk about. So this is step four in the home seller process. Um, and uh, it is staging your home or getting it ready for pictures. I have some rules and we'll talk about those. Uh, Karen, I think this is like you said in the last segment, something that a big part of what overwhelms people. I just know I have a lot of stuff and, and I have children and and it just accumulates, and you yeah. try to keep it nice and tidy, and you know. But there's just so many beds you can stuff things under, exactly. and closets you can yep. stuff things in. So, well, the first thing I want to say is that don't overcomplicate it. I think that's the first um, way that people get overwhelmed. You don't need to rent silk curtains or Persian rugs. I have this favorite story I love to tell. It's from probably like six years ago, but I went to um, meet some people. They were a referral from some other clients, and they had already met with another realtor, and they were pretty worried when I walked in and like, what do we need to do? And I walked in and I looked at the house. I'm like, looks pretty good to me. I might get the rugs cleaned. I, and I think I told them to move a couple of toy shelves into another area. So something was a little more open. I'm like, other than that, I think you're good to go. They're like, what? They said, well, the other realtor told us that we should rent these silk curtains and some like Persian rugs and stuff. And she's like, who's going to pay for the peanut butter and jelly that we know is going to get smeared on those silk Mm -hmm. curtains. Um, And I was like, no, you're good because you have to be, you know, appropriate for the neighborhood. That was not a neighborhood. It was a $200,000 house. That was not a neighborhood of silk curtains and Persian rugs. You know, it's a neighborhood of families and peanut butter smeared on the walls from time to time. I'm sure you've had that. All the time, Or worse. Um, Or worse. (laughs) So, and, and, you know, we put the house on the market. We had two offers and, like, six hours and this was six years ago and it was fine and dandy um so you don't need to rent anything you really uh, years and years ago i may get off on a tangent here i worked for bmg which is the they had a music club you remember back way yes. back in the day like 10 cds for a penny or whatever mm-hmm. yeah I, I was an operations manager for them way way back in another life Way, way back. But we also had a book club uh, that we did the same thing, you know, 10 books for a penny or whatever. And so we had the benefit, the employees had the benefit of a company store that would sell excess returned books or returned CDs for like 250 And so, yeah, that's where I got my all of my, um, they didn't have sync, but it was the O-Town. That's how I got into O-Town. You remember O-Town? <laughs> Little Barely, boy band there? Yes, I, yeah, I remember that name. Anyways, they had a series of designing books called Use What You Have, Designing or something like that. And I loved them. And so I got them. And it just because it just helps you see that you can move some things around and you can use what you have. I'm always like saying, can we take that chair and like that's in the bedroom and put it down here? Or can we, you know, move mm-hmm. some things around? Or You have two couches in the living room, but you have nothing in that other room. So, you know, let's. Let's use what you have and move some things around, right. and you never really have to um, 
you know, buy anything or rent anything for the most part. I mean, I think if it's a high-end house, maybe that's a different story. But for most of us in the real world, um, you know, use what you have, follow a few simple rules, and then find a place to store a lot of stuff. The biggest bang for your buck is going to be a storage unit if you need one. Honestly believe that, you know, $500 for a storage unit is going to go a heck of a lot further than, you know, $2,500 for a new countertop or something like that. It just makes such a difference. Um, And and I want to say that in terms of the staging, don't think it's not important if you're in a seller's market. We talked about that in the first segment. Don't get cocky. Don't think it's not important. Um, A house that I just sold, uh, I have the buyers on and they were like, why has this house been on the market for 60 days? It's in like one of the hottest neighborhoods in our county. Um, Homes in there typically sell first day. The price was decent on it uh, and the sellers were motivated, but uh, it was one of those situations where I said, you know, it's probably always the bridesmaid, never the bride, Mm. because always something a little bit better came along. It's got like... The countertops, they're not a great color, but, you know, you can live with it. But there's a big chip, like a big chunk of the laminate had peeled off. Um, there were pet marks, chew, chewing marks on the door trim. Mm. Uh, carpet was a little dirty. The walls weren't, you know, fresh. They needed a magic eraser, which I know you love. Yes, I do love a magic eraser. <laughs> big fan of the magic of the magic eraser. So it's just like a lot of things like that that just didn't quite um, do it. And these are easy things to fix. But if you don't do those things, then you're going to always be the bridesmaid and never the bride. And then the problem is that after you sit on the market for a couple months, everybody goes, what's wrong with it? Right. Because they know it should have sold. And maybe I can't tell from the pictures, but something must be wrong with it because why would someone have not bought it? So something to consider. So here are my rules for staging. There's basically four rules to keep it nice and simple. Um, one, The first one, rule number one, is all flat surfaces completely cleared off, which can sound like a lot because I know, Karen, I've seen your house, and you are neat and tidy, but there's a section Mm-hmm. That has some papers and whatnot in it. All the time. All the it time. didn't this weekend, though. But yes, oh, yeah. all the time. It drives me nuts. Everybody's got their spots that, that uh, collect. And then, you know, people with collections that like to collect things, you know, they put them out there. And it can, I showed a house. I'll have to dig through my own old phone and see if I saw the picture of the clown collection. Mm-hmm. That was like a countertop kind of thing, but it probably had 600 clowns on it. It was oh. out of control. So flat surfaces, that means... The front of the fridge, the top of the fridge, the top of the cabinets, the dressers, the side tables, the coffee tables. Um, most open shelves, we can leave a couple things, but for the most part, they need to be cleared off. Desks, you know, think about it. maybe have a computer, but nothing else. I'm amazed at the number of homes I go through that leave their bills and their like health doctors uh, bills and all kinds of personal stuff just sitting out on the desk. It's shocking to me. Not, and not because, that mean, that's because of security, not because, you know, I'm looking at your pile of bills or whatever. Um, kitchen tables, counters, that's a big one, kitchen counters. Every time I, I tell people that, and kitchen counter needs to be completely cleared off for pictures. And they go, okay. And then I show up for pictures and they're like, am I okay? I'm like, no, I said completely cleared off. Like not your knife set, not your coffee maker completely cleared off because that's what makes it think about it when you just look at a magazine you don't see a countertop of a kitchen that has all this stuff in it I guess I never really paid attention but I do know like I I I don't know too many people that leave all those appliances out yeah if you're one of those I would recommend to 
at least put those away. Yeah. Well, and I tell my clients, I'm like, I understand I need you to drink your coffee in the morning because that's important for me dealing with you. However, and for showings, it's probably okay to have it out. But for pictures, because that's where people are going back to time and time again, and they're making that first impression, have everything cleared out. If it's flat, this is my, this is, I had to come up with a, you know, if the glove don't fit kind of thing. <laughs> so if it's flat, you must remove that. How's that? I'm going to take that one home tonight. I'm going to let, I'm going to let my husband know. Um, so, again, for photos, it's really important. You're not selling your stuff. You're selling the room. And the stuff can become a distraction in photos. It's less of a tra- distraction when you are physically standing in the 3D room. But when you're looking at pictures and it's just 2D, you can easily get distracted by the stuff. So that's why. And honestly, there are a lot of times I'd rather just sell an empty house. And I know that's contrary to what a lot of the HGTV people say, but it can be a little bit easier. It's also going to be a lot easier to maintain a less cluttered home when you're selling because that's one of the things that stresses people out. And uh, and then also you're moving. So start acting like it. You know, we've talked about the law of attraction. Go ahead and start packing. It's going to happen. So that's rule number one, all flat surfaces completely cleared off. Rule number two, no more than two pieces of furniture for small rooms and three for larger rooms. So that's like a couch, a chair, and a table, or a couch and two chairs, or bed and one dresser in smaller rooms. But just pair it way back. It makes the room feel roomier, but it's also more comfortable for buyers walking around, um, especially in an unknown house and sort of having to dodge furniture. Um, and that kind of goes to my rule number three, which is having wide walkways. I know I've talked about this before, but, you know, you need to have any anywhere where the couch kind of cuts things off and, you know, narrows a walkway or there's a dresser right by the door and you kind of have to squeeze to get in. What's going to happen is that the buyer and the seller that are or the buyers that are going through the house with their realtor, they're going to split up. Because when you narrow walkways, it just causes people to split up. They're going to split up. They're never going to come into agreement and see the house through the eyes together. They're just, uh, trust me, promise. Uh, and then the the last rule, which is, is really important, is accept some discomfort. Um, it's not your home for the moment. It's a product that we need to sell. So I may say, you need to move this couch because it's cutting off the walkway and making it really narrow. Then your couch may not be in the most comfortable position to watch TV. I don't really care because that's not my job is to help you watch TV. My job is to sell the house. You'll live and, you know, you may have to get rid of your TV in the bedroom because you just need to clear things off. And that's okay. You have your iPad, so you'll be fine. Um, So think about that, too. Accept some discomfort. There may be, you know, we used to tell people, get a little basket, put all your toiletries that you usually have sitting out on the counter, and, you know, just pull out the basket in the morning, do what you need to do, throw them back in the basket, tuck it underneath the sink. You're good to go. Nothing to worry about. Is it an extra step? Yeah. Is it a little uncomfortable? Yeah. Is it going to kill you? Probably not. You know, so just if you accept that, I think. Now, I do want to mention real quick, um, that I didn't say anything about depersonalization or repainting or anything like that. Um, and I know that's the, the first thing that people always go to. And I don't know if you have an opinion on personalizing space. I, For me, I would definitely take down like some of the, the kids' photos yeah. and full family photos and different things like that because if you go through an MLS, and MLS listing and you see all those photos... I can pick up, 
you know, like where they go to school. Who they are. Where, yes. Yeah, it's like all these things. And yeah. I kind of just want to be ambiguous to yeah. that. And we are in a small town. Yeah. So it is funny. I showed a house over the weekend and they were like, oh, yeah, we know these people. You get that all the time. So certainly it's your comfort level is what I tell people when they say, well, should we take out the, down the family photos? If they show happy family in a happy house, I'm all for leaving them up because we're selling a vibe. We're selling a, you know, a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so if the pictures are showing happy people lived here and so you'll be happy too, huh? Uh, you know, then that's fine. Um, but if you're not comfortable with it, then, you know, you can certainly take some of those down. And along the same lines with paint, I like selling homes with personality. And so if the paint has a little personality, here's what buyers think. They think, how much uh, primer is it going to take to cover that wall? Mm-hmm. And if it's one coat of primer, no matter what the color, then you're fine. If it's like, okay, black and orange because it's a Harley Davidson room, that's a lot of primer then you might need to get a head start on that for the buyer. Right. That's my rule of thumb. So, all right. So those are some hints and tips about getting your home ready for sale. Um, And then we're going to come back in the next segment. And we are going to talk about something completely different, which is setting a price. But once you have your house ready, that's when I would come and walk through and say, okay, here's where we need to price it. So we're going to talk about how that happens. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. 
To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now back to this week's program. All right. Welcome back to our Home Seller Series. This is our 12-step program for home sellers that kind of takes you through the high-level topics of what you need to do to get your home sold. So we are going through the sort of getting ready, and that's a big part of it. Same thing if you ever listen to our Home Buyer Series, which we also have um, on YouTube and iTunes, that a big portion of that process is done up front. I think we spent at least half of the seminar talking about stuff you do up front before you actually step foot in a house. So sell, home selling is very, very similar. You're selling something very expensive, and you want to spend a adequate amount of time getting ready. So we've talked about picking a realtor, picking a a strategy for transition, a a pre-listing inspection, staging your home. And now we're going to talk about price. And I know people want to talk about price up front, uh, but really I kind of want to see what the product can be before I say what a price is. So, you know, I know some realtors will show up at a listing appointment and they'll have done a market analysis and say, here's what your price is. And I I don't feel like that's fair or right because I haven't been through your house yet and I may not be giving you proper credit for something or, you know, there may be some condition issues that we need to think about. There was a house recently that, um, you know, I went over to and I thought, this is, you know, it's a great house. And we were walking around. We went out of the backyard. They said, oh, by the way, the garage has a major foundation issue. I'm like, okay, great. Um, Like it's literally moving off its foundation and probably needs to be torn down. Right, exactly. But had I done presentation up front based on just what I thought in public records, I would have been in trouble. The other thing with price is that it is a real moving target these days. Um, And so I always look at not just what past sales are, but also current competition. Um, And so when I go and meet with sellers for the first time, I'll say, you know, I'll work out sort of a price range for you. But the final determining factor is going to be when we get ready to list, because sometimes it'll take two months. So then we need to revisit and we need to see what is out there that is your competition and how you stack up against your competition. Because if you remember in the last segment, we were talking about um, homes that aren't staged and prepped properly can end up being the bridesmaid and never the bride. Right. So, you know, you don't want to be in that position. So we want to make sure that we know, you know, if someone's looking at your house, what other homes are out there that they're looking at and how do you compare? And do we show that we have the best value um, and, you know, the best amenities kind of thing? So traditionally, and Karen, you probably know about this because of your um, heavy interaction with appraisers and appraisals, not appraisers. You're not allowed to talk to appraisers, but appraisals, you look at them every day. Yeah. Um, so traditionally, a realtor would do something very similar to what an appraiser does, although probably with a lot less training than an appraiser has because appraisers got more training about it. Um, but a realtor would go back six months or so. They're going to look for comparable homes, usually similar neighborhood, um, similar uh, layout, you know, one story to one story, ranch home or two story to two story home kind of thing they'll make some adjustments for you know lot size or square footage or um, a swimming pool or something like that and they would come up with a price um, one of the problems that we're having in today's market is that homes that sold six months ago may be outdated in terms of price i don't know if you've seen any of that 
Are you like in recent appraisals? Like if I had sold a house last year, it would have been priced at like 180, but this year it would be priced at like 200. I haven't <laughs> seen that coming through on any of mine, but I can see where that would happen yeah. in our market for yeah. sure. And so when you do the traditional approach to figuring out what a price is on a home and the realtor goes back six months, that's really old data in today's world. But the other problem is this is where it gets really complicated. And I'm not telling you this to make it feel like it's overwhelmingly complicated, but just to kind of explain, there's a lot of nuances. And so I'll get to my conclusion. Uh, Stick with me here. But um, homes that have sold six months ago may be outdated in terms of price, but there may not be much recent to compare with because we're in such a housing shortage. So I've gone into neighborhoods. Actually, I was looking at one uh, this morning in a neighborhood called Prominence Point. Okay, I went back to the beginning of the year because I'm like, that's all, that's five months, mm-hmm. right? It's not a huge neighborhood, but it's a you know a neighborhood where homes traditionally. There were two sales so far this year, two, and that's not a problem with the neighborhood. That's just because nobody's putting their house on the market. So that didn't help me try and figure out what the proper price was. So now I got to go back. I went back, I think, nine months. I think I went back to like September-ish. And I came up with like four. Okay, that's a little better. But now I have to look at the ones, you know, from September and say, are those realistic prices for what today's market's doing? Right. It's hard. I can imagine because I know that neighborhood and I know one of the two sales in the just the uh-huh. recent five months or whatever. Yeah, it was probably a little ranch home. Yeah. And this is a two-story home. Yeah. So, so you can't compare. Right. So, so that was my problem. Harder. Yeah. I pu- the two that I pulled up, I'm like, okay, those are nothing like, you know, that neighborhood right. either has ranch homes or it has two-story homes. It has two styles, basically. Yeah. yeah. It was completely useless. So, you know, you have to sort of regroup and you have to think outside the box. And again, that's why I tend to go for, I think, okay, if I was showing this house to a buyer, what other homes would I show? And it may be outside the neighborhood a little bit. Um, and I may have to go back in time a little bit. It, you just have to sort of figure it out. But my point is, this is why going back to step number one, picking a realtor, it's important to have someone who has a lot of experience, has some good strategies, and knows the market really well. Because there is a little bit, I hate to say it, and if you're an engineer, you should probably just turn your uh, turn this off right now. Just stop listening. Uh, because it's sometimes you just kind of have to go with your gut. And I think a lot of people, Zillow included, we've talked about this, they want to be black and white with their prices. They want to just put data into a spreadsheet and it spits out, here's what your home is worth. And it's just not like that. It's, it's a little more, a lot more gray area. Um, and realtors, like I said, you know, thank Zillow because that has made our lives more complicated, but realtors can be guilty of that too. Um, so doing that kind of research, that market analysis, I think some, um, some sellers have been trained to ask, you know, oh, can I get a market analysis? Well, okay, but I mean, it's not really that useful to be honest. Um, I have people sometimes and they say, well, what's the price per square foot? How does that compare? You know, that's one way to look at it. There's, there's, as my mother would say, there's lots of ways to skin a cat. I don't know what that means, but that's what she would say. Uh, Rachel's like, that's gross. Um, There are a lot of ways to get at price, whether it's price per square foot, whether it's, you know, doing this market analysis. Um, Another challenge in our market, and I'm, I'm sure there are other markets like this too, is we don't have that many cookie cutter neighborhoods. 
We have a few, but we don't have that many. And so most of the homes that we're looking at are fairly unique. Even if they're in a neighborhood, um, they're probably homes from the 60s and they're all, you know, very different. And it's hard to do uh, a one-for-one comparison. There are a few neighborhoods you can walk into and you're like, yep, this is a 195 because yeah. that's what it is. And that house has sold six times, you know, in the past year or whatever. But that's pretty rare around here. I know there are markets where there's a lot more of that. Um, and as you get into some of the new construction that's going on, we'll see more of that. Um, so let's talk about value. My favorite subject. Don't roll your eyes. Oh, oh the value. Oh, the value. So that's really where pricing comes in. We're trying to predict what a buyer's willing to pay for the house. And does that meet your goal? Um, so we've often talked about what is, in reality, what is value? Uh, value is when a seller is willing to sell at a price a buyer is willing to pay. I always cross my fingers and say when those two points cross, then we have value. And so what we're trying to do when we do a market analysis or just setting price in general is we're trying to set a value of the home, but we only have one side of the equation. So if you can understand that point, then you can understand why it's a little challenging and it's not a science. It's not black and white. There is an art to it. Um, and, you know, I've, you know, I've told the story a million times too, but I had a house a few years ago. They got it appraised about six weeks before, no, about three weeks before we listed it. They were going to do home equity loan to buy some land so they could build. It appraised for two ninety. When we listed it, I said I'm going to list for three twenty five. He said, No, no, I have an appraisal at two ninety. I'm like, it's okay. We listed it for three twenty five. We had two offers on the first day. It appraised at three twenty five. Like six weeks later, market hadn't changed that much. So it was just kind of who was helping define value at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where that comes from. So um, the things that matter when it comes to price uh, is the condition, the cleanliness. Um, one of the big things I run into with people is they'll hand me a list of here's all the things we've done to the house and here's what it cost us. And so we need to kind of add that into the price. Some of it I get, right? But some of it is basic maintenance items. And I'm sorry, but you don't get credit for staining your deck or painting your mini shed, your mini barn, because that's just maintenance. I wouldn't even have thought that someone would want to add those oh, expenses back in. But. Yeah, they really, really do. Um, I want to encourage you that if you've done your due diligence in step one and chosen an experienced realtor who has good strategies, that you really should listen to their opinion. Um, their opinion should carry weight because otherwise, why would you hire someone that you don't want to listen to their opinion and kind of take their advice? Just a thought. Your neighbor's opinion, however... You know, we were selling my mother-in-law's house last year and the neighbor came over while the realtor was there and wanted to know what we were listing it for. And he pulls my mother-in-law off to the side and tells her what he thinks we should list it for. Oh, wow. And we're like <laughs> so transparent because you're just concerned about your property value. Well, you know what? Different story. And so this is what it was. My mother-in-law had very different goals. She was gone. She was moving hundreds of miles away. She needed to sell the house. She was motivated. She wasn't going to play around. It was wintertime. She didn't want to pay to heat it. All of these things that we communicated to the realtor, here are the goals. Here is what we need to accomplish. And then the realtor put together a pricing strategy that worked for us. So my last bit of advice on setting a price for your home is don't be coy with your realtor. Don't be like, I don't know. What do you think we should price it at? I want to hear what you have to say first. Uh, I want to hear what your goal is. I want to hear what you need 
so that we can try and work together, come up with a strategy to help you meet that goal. Um, it's not just, uh, I'm going to sell your house for $220,000. It's what's your goal and how are we going to, if that means we need to do some improvements or whatever to help you meet your goal, you know, we need to understand that. So, all right. I have more to say about that, but oh well, next time. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the next step, which is showings. I have some fun Justin Bieber stuff to talk about. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, welcome back. I'm going to talk really fast in this segment because I have a lot of stuff that I want to cover. We are doing a home seller series. This is step number six. You've done all the prep, and now you are ready for showings. I want to talk real briefly about who's going to be showing your house because I think there's a big misconception, and I try to have this conversation with my sellers all the time. But I say, if you're lucky not your listing agent's going to be showing the house. And they go, what? Because you hear that as a complaint from people all the time. My realtor didn't do anything to sell my house. They never showed it. That's not necessarily a bad thing. You actually don't want me showing your house. And this is why. If I'm, if someone, if I'm showing your house, there's a chance I might have a buyer. That's great. But it's also a chance that it probably came from a sign call, like someone just randomly saw my name on the Internet and you know, saw the listing, so I'll call the listing agent. What does that mean? That means that they buy that house. You're now going to represent both well, sides. It but. means that they don't have a realtor and they're probably not very serious about buying a home. Or it could also mean that. It could. The other way too. But, but, but yeah. typically, I will tell you, typically, I mean, I return every phone call um, I get and I go out and I show homes, but those people do not buy that home. They're not that serious. They haven't established a relationship with a realtor. They haven't gone through the home buying process. Mm -hmm. They probably aren't pre-qualified for loans because, you know, they're just sort of 
unable to sleep and they're just looking up homes and like, oh, let's go look at this home. So typically not your listing agent. So if there's something quirky about the house, and I know this sounds silly, but make a sign. I don't know if you've ever seen triple lock doors where you have to like hold up the handle and twist something a certain way to get it to lock. No. It's ridiculous. But anyways, realtors will never get those locked unless you like make a, a job aid to put on there. Um, I had a house that I sold um, before I was in real estate, but our garage door, we had an attached garage and a detached. The attached garage door was connected to this overhead light kind of situation. So the light switch always had to be on or the keypad wouldn't work. And they realtors would turn the light switch off and then we would be locked out of the house. Because we would be using the keypad to get in the house. <laughs> yeah, that was an issue. So if there's something weird like that, put a little note on it. Put tape over it. Um, I have this really cool house for sale right now that has this whole house vacuum system. And there's this thing underneath the sink, like in the kick play, in the baseboard, mm-hmm. that you turn it on and you can sweep your dinner crumbs like right into it, like a hair salon where they can sweep mm-hmm. your hair up. It's really, really cool. But nobody would know that's there unless I made a sign. So... Um, have things out that might help sell the house, utility bills, surveys, floor plans, homeowner association documents. I've seen some cool ones where they have like a computer playing a video of um, landscape and wildlife, the house through the seasons. I mean, that's kind of fun, too. So think about that um, when you're thinking about showing prepping your house uh, cleaner than you've ever imagined down to the corners Oh, those overhead vents that get nasty. Put your damn toilet seats down. Smell. I had feedback today on a a listing that I have, and all it said was the realtor said, uh, buyer did not care for the smell of the house. I'm like, I don't even know what that means because the house smells like varnished floors. Like the floors have been recently refinished, whatever. But don't cook cabbage on the day, or and don't smoke in the house. Oh, my gosh. I shouldn't have to say that, but I don't. Um, Kind of remove traces of pets in the yard as well as inside the house. Make sure that all the areas are accessible. I've had to sell houses before where you can't even get into one of the rooms because it's so full of boxes. Um, Doors are easy to open. Leaves are raked. Snow is shoveled. Sprinklers are turned off. I have run through sprinklers before. Um, And then anything that might freak people out. I remember way, way back 12 years ago when I first got into real estate, I was showing a house over here in Spicewood and it was completely empty and we opened a closet door. It was a hall closet and there was like a mannequin head with a football helmet on it. (laughs) It was scary as shit. I mean, yeah, we all screamed, right? Um, And then four years ago, Facebook reminded me of this today. Just four years ago today, I was showing a house next door to a good friend of ours and uh, an elderly lady had lived there. She was original owner, bought it in like the 60s and she was probably like 80 or 90, moved out. They were doing some work and cleanup and whatnot on it. Um, And we opened the linen closet door in the hallway and a life-size cardboard cutout of Justin Bieber fell out. I mean, I screamed. I know. That's right? the best story because I remember you. It was insane. Yeah. More because I knew that an elderly lady lived there and I thought, why the hell does she have a life-size cutout of Justin Bieber? <laughs> so I immediately text my friend who lives next door. I'm like, Stacy, what's the story on this lady? Why does she have this Justin Bieber thing? Nobody knows. But anyways, so anything that might freak people out, I highly recommend that you remove. Um, etiquette for showings, uh, you know, we love if you can turn the lights on. That really helps because I spend a lot of time looking for light switches or and we end up just walking around the house in the dark because we can't figure out what light switches what. Some realtors will turn the lights off when they leave. I try to turn some off so that you know I've been there. 
but I don't turn all of them off because I don't like you to come home to a dark house. I don't know. Uh, some will leave every. Some realtors will leave everything as it's found. So I get a lot of calls from sellers, and they go, "Well, no one's been here because all the lights are still on." Yeah. Then they did a good job. Please make sure you leave the house for showings. Some more etiquette. Give them some space. I was showing last week where the seller was like, I'll just be here in the living room. I was like, okay, well, that's great. We'll be able to talk about anything. Um, turn the TV off. I had another one, too, that was really weird a few weeks ago where we went in and the TV was on. Like, not just like, I see people, they turn, like, the music stations on or whatever. That's nice. That's fine. Whatever. But it was like, there was a show. And so I was like, I looked through the front door and I always knock and stuff. But I could tell the TV was on and I thought, is this person here or not? That's that would be where I mean, yeah. So something that I did when I sold my house again years ago before I was in real estate, because I didn't know and nobody told me, I thought when when I had a showing I and I was home, I would take my dogs for a walk. Actually, we'd go sit in the neighbor's yard and look like we lived there so I could see people come. And then when I, they left, then I know I could go home. Um, but I would leave the front door open. We're in a safe neighborhood, so I would just leave the storm door, but I would leave the front door open, kind of like, come on in, you know, yeah. welcoming. Now, as a realtor, I would be like, what the hell is going on? Is someone here? Can I go in? I'm knocking. I'm yelling. Is somebody dead? I don't know. Same thing with cars in the driveway. If there's cars in the driveway, that can be really tricky, too, because you're like, is someone here? I don't know. Could it be awkward? Have you ever walked in on somebody in the shower or in bed? I have, yes, both of those things. (laughs) Try to make it obvious no one's home so I can go in and do my job, please. Um, uh, for notification for showings, you'll have lots of options on that. So you want to work with your realtor, but you want to um, minimize restrictions. Um, I know sometimes you need, you know, day before because you've got to remove animals and you've got to, you know, kids and stuff like that. But make it as easy as possible. Um, that's just really, really important. And same thing with access. Make it easy. Make sure that the locks work smoothly. There's no tricks to it. Um, you know, oh, you just have to pull the door and then lift it up and then push it back in. Well, mm, just let me unlock it. Um, don't make me walk to the back through the snow to go in. Eh, I've had that before. That doesn't make me happy. And expectations. This is so important for sellers and showings. Honestly, expect that a door is going to be left unlocked. Realtors, I think, have good intentions, but things happen and it's you're managing people walking through the house, trying to keep an eye on where everyone is. Someone may go back, open a door, look out, and you don't realize that they did that. Um, They may leave a light on. So, you know, expect that. If it's a vacant home, have a system in place to go back and make sure things are locked up. If you have things you're worried about, like medications or jewelry, remove them. If you have guns, for sure remove them. Oh, I just knocked the microphone. I got all excited. I have a gun story. Uh, Last winter, and the seller came back in the middle of the showing and just, like, walked into the house. And I was like, I don't know who you are because I don't know who the seller is. He was like, I forgot something. I was like, okay. And then I saw him go into a bedroom and reach on the floor and pick up a gun. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then I said to him, I said, it's okay. My client's a police officer. So, you know, it's all good. Don't. But yeah, he came back to get his gun. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, and then feedback. Expectations. We certainly, you know, in my process, as soon as the showing's over, we start prompting the the agent who showed it for feedback. I'd say 90% of the time we get feedback uh, and we share that. Although some of it is like buyer didn't like the smell of the house and there's not much we can do with it. There will always be some agents who just don't give feedback and won't give feedback. 
So, um, but I think it's important to have some good, solid expectations of what that process is going to be like, because showing is like your first date. So the pictures are the, you know, match.com interactions, and then your showing is your first date. And uh, in today's world, people are deciding who they want to marry on their first date. So, all right. So that was parts four, five, and six of our seller series and we will be back uh, i think we're gonna take next week off what do you think it's memorial day weekend memorial day weekend yeah all right we'll be back in two weeks then uh to continue on with our seller series thank you for tuning in if you have any questions you can always reach me on facebook at deb tomorrow realtor have a great uh, couple of weeks a great safe memorial day and we'll be back with more real real estate today your home for smart real estate Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.